welcome you into the October 21st episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network in partnership with Be Heard. We are thrilled that you are here. I am Damian Barling along with the host and the star of the show, Joe Edge. We are here to discuss all things Sacramento Kings. And now that we've got the front office in order and now that Monty McNair has got his staff in place, it's time to start looking at the individuals actually out there on the basketball floor. What a what a nice little sense of normalcy. But Jill, it's not normal because it's October 21st and the draft hasn't happened yet. And I speculated today, like I, I feel like we're, I host a radio show. Have I ever told you that? I, 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 no, where, I, when? ESPN 1320 on the radio.com app or on 1320 AM for those who live in Northern California from 12 to two every single day, Monday through Friday. We're, I, I, I think, and it hasn't been announced yet, the definitive start of free agency. We know the draft is about a month away. We know that that's November 18th, which means free agents should, free agency should be shortly thereafter, maybe December 1st. I, I, I'm not sure, but it should be in that vicinity. And we're getting close to that kind of fun time of the basketball season. Like I should say the fun time of the basketball off season where it feels like there's a ton of chaos and there are free agents to be signed and there are trades happening. There haven't been able to be any trades, Joe, because there's like a suspension. There's a moratorium on, on all league transactions. And I wonder like when that's lifted, like, are we off to the races? Oh, hell break loose. <laughs> yeah. Like no one's been able to do anything for gosh. I, I don't think, I don't know that it was March, but it was like either March or April. I I don't know if they announced a suspension on transactions when they announced a suspension of the season. I felt like that came a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Um, yes. And then they kind of opened it back up for, because they extended some of the rosters going into the bubble, the but bubble. that was only mm-hmm. for those teams. So um, yeah, you almost wonder if day one's going to be like the last hour of trade deadline where you're right. just seeing a flurry of activity. Um but there's just so many unknowns between free agency. The draft process is completely different. Like you got half a season to see some of these guys, which a lot of people only watch March Madness. They don't mm-hmm. watch, you know, uh, the long haul of the season for for some of these guys. Um, so you have people that have, I mean, unless you're watching YouTube videos or, you know, some of these draft workouts that are going up now, Um you really don't have much to fall on, let alone from, you know, some of the 18 year old freshmen that. Right. Um, this is going to be, then, and then you're not getting your workout, you know, the one-on-one workouts or like where the Kings where they seem to have like everybody in their mom workout last year, where it was um, constant, you know, like 15 names coming almost, you know, every two days. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not getting that. We're randomly hearing about Zoom calls, like, and a lot of it too was before McNair came aboard. Um, and then you have a whole new scouting department now, like, and so you, it's almost impossible to even guess who these people even favor at this point because we literally have nothing, nothing to go on besides last year's play and what we think with this current roster might need, but yet we still have no idea if it's going to be this current roster or if we're going to see an overhaul. So, well, and that's the other really interesting thing about this free agency is always after the draft. Like that's not new, but what's new for this particular franchise is an entirely new front office that is, I'm confident in 
evaluating everybody mode. But we know Buddy doesn't want to be here anymore, which is fine, whatever. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a restricted free agent. But wants so, to be on a winning team. <laughs> so there's that. And, oh, by the way, you know, the, the, the last administration kind of, to use like a, a line from the 50s, screwed the pooch on the Harry Giles contract. And, oh, Kent Bazemore played really well here. He's also a free agent. So you have all of this at play and it all happens after the draft. So it's like, unless, you know, and again, that, that suspension period is going to be lifted at some point before the draft. It just, it has to be, but how aware is like Monty McNair in that front office of like, okay, how much do we have to get done before draft day actually gets here? Because we don't know what we, we like, dude, is there, we're letting bogey walk. We don't care. Is there like a death number that we're not going to match with bogey? Are they getting feelers from bogey's agent that say, Hey, dude, don't match. Like we're not doing this. Like we'll go back and play somewhere else. Like don't match the contract. And I'm not suggesting that there are by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just throwing hypotheticals out there. And then you've got the situation with buddy healed. All of that. You still have to find the best player in an abbreviated college basketball season or even an abbreviated overseas season and, and pick them for your team. In a draft that if you want to say the draft experts or, you know, the people that do it for a living are saying it's, it's not super strong, but also it might be stronger in, you know, the later part of, of the lottery is you you don't have those. I mean, we're hearing the same kind of three, four names at the top, but they're doesn't seem to be like that consensus. And all you're hearing right. about is those teams wanting to trade back for more picks or, or, you know, assets already, which I can understand with like the Warriors, you know, where they are mm -hmm. um, and Minnesota wanting to maybe get established players around, you know, um, towns. But still, if you think there's that definitive talent there, would you be trading? And, it's, it, yeah. And, and, and what makes it, what makes that whole, the, everything that you just outlined, what makes it stranger is that Minnesota said today, they don't have a definitive number one pick. So from a Minnesota standpoint, from a draft standpoint, you look at it like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. But from a trade standpoint, it's also, I can't tell if you devalued the number one pick or if you created greater value for it, because what I was arguing today is that you diminished the picks after Like if you're the golden state warriors, like you just said a second ago, a lot of people are speculating that the golden state warriors try to trade out of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that makes sense for the Golden State Warriors, but does it make sense for the team that they're trading with? Because if you're just hypothetically for fun, because we're in Sacramento, if the Kings trade with the Golden State Warriors, I believe when you trade the two, you're trading because you want a There's specific play. Right. Exactly. If you don't know who's Minnesota's taking, you can't make a deal with Golden State before draft day. Right. And it just leaves a, okay, it just leaves this like weird, it's like the, a weird cloud just hangs over the NBA draft. Like, okay, well, like who is the number one pick? And I'm sure once we get closer, I'm sure once we get within a week, like if I remember right, I'm thinking of an NFL draft, the Carson Wentz, Jared Goff draft, everybody kind of traded up. And if I remember correctly, someone said, 
I think golf was one. Carson Wentz was two. Philadelphia was like, well, we would have been happy with whoever we got. That is such a lie. You <laughs> knew who was going first. You maybe you can't say that publicly, but you knew who was going first. You didn't go to second going, ah, we're good with either one. You knew which one you wanted. And I have to believe that's going to be the case with anybody who tries to trade up in the draft. They're going to want a specific player because in this, as you said, there's no, it's not deep or at least coming into it. It's not deep. Right. And it could wind up being a fantastic class. I mean, we'll yeah. see. that's going to depend on the teams and, player development and everything else. But I mean, and at least for the Kings and their range, it's, you know, you're hearing about the same, maybe five or six guys, depending on where, where the pieces fall, you Mm -hmm. know, towards the end of that lottery. So again, again, I mean, uh, how they rank those five or six guys, depending on how they fall. And, you know, it's, do they only like maybe one or two of those guys? So they don't even feel comfortable there and, and maybe want to move up because there are teams and, you know, I think five through 10 who have mentioned, you know, wanting to get out and the Kings do have a lot of draft picks that they can work with that. I don't think they will be using all those traffics, whether they use it to try and move up or they use it for our favorite cash consideration. <laughs> um, you know, it's remains to be seen, but they, they definitely have pieces to work with. Um, but again, you're not going to be moving up unless you have a solid target. You know, who's going to be, cause I know we're talking about buddy and the Kings and all that, you know, who's a fascinating player. I think that's who's going to be a fascinating player to watch over the course of the next, I guess, I don't know, month, two, two months, month and a half, Bradley Beal. Does Washington move Bradley Beal and that enormous contract with John Wall probably coming back next year? Was his a, a two or three deal with a large amount, right? Yeah. It wasn't a long term. It was no, I think shorter, it no, I think it was a money, wasn't it? I don't think so. I think it was a long term deal. I think it was a shorter extension because he still had okay, okay, the years on the contract. Okay. That's so they just they just added more uh, on top of it, but it's it's a ton of money for a while. Like him and him and John Wall, of course, a, a hinge of sarcasm Which, who here. Who knows what you're getting back? And Bruh, I Sadly, cannot, I cannot envision John Wall being that guy again. What he was, yeah. So so the extension. I'm I've, I've, I'm so sorry. I don't know what year it is. What year are we in? 2020. So 2021. I don't even think the extension is kicked in yet. The extension kicks in next year. And, and you're right. It was a shorter year. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Okay. Because I want to see it was like a 280 or something like that. It was like 40. It was some crazy amount of numbers between the two years. Yeah. he had, it's, two, it's two years for 71. Okay. But he probably got... Uh, a little added on. No, no, that's what it is. It's two for 71. Yeah. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. That's three, three more years of, of that with, with Washington. Plus you got John wall with a, a shred of an Achilles and I think a torn ACL and God knows what else happened to him. But plenty of teams would take that. Beal oh. money, like the king. I mean, you're oh, paying Beal. three years with that same amount of money. I would gladly take three years for that. Like that, I take. It's there. I take. There has to be a lot of suitors calling, at least about it. Oh, a hundred percent. I would take Bradley for Buddy straight up. 
Like no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's not even a conversation, but no, you're, you're, you're right. Bradley Beal's contract looks bad on the Washington wizards because the wizards are awful and I don't see them getting better, but it's a very movable piece money wise. A hundred. And and that's what I start to look at is like Bradley, like I'm, you know, what was uh Sham's thing? Oh, Milwaukee suitors for bogey, like bogey. Like what if, do they have money to match a Bradley Beal deal? And now you put Bradley Beal there in Milwaukee and, you know, you could start placing Bradley Beal in different places, particularly there in the Eastern Conference and go, that's a good fit there. That's a good fit there. Would Bradley Beal fit in Oklahoma City? Like, would Bradley Beal fit on one of those teams that's just right on the cusp? Like, he fits in a number of different places. And I know that's a, a total uh, spinoff from, you know what from, would be from the Kings. But How much does uh, Oladipo have left on his? Mm. One that said he was unhappy in. Pacers would be an interesting being with their other young talent they have around. Yeah. And it's, and I can't figure out what the direction of the Pacers are. Like they brought in Nate Bjorgenen, I think is how you say it. And it's like, all right, is it Nick nurse coach? One of the few that actually took a young, a young, you know, head coach, which is nice. Nothing against the, you know, the repeats out there, but there are a lot of young coaches out there that, that are on the cusp and ready for that, ready for that first job. Oladipo is 21, 21 mil for next season only. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's a unrestricted free agent. So the salary matches for one year, right? <laughs> but it doesn't match for the 70 mil that um and and the, the point in that was yeah I don't know like is is Indiana looking at like are they starting over I mean what what I'm not sure exactly what they're doing but they're Victor Oladipo's I mean and of course I mean he could again he can say he wants out yeah but yeah, unless yeah. they're getting I don't see them taking less just to like we said to move them um because I don't think they're in a, a rebuild type. Situation. They're kind of in that. They're they still don't need to be team, but they have good young talent. Where if they can get another piece, they're to me right there with with anybody else. You saw what they did, even when they were losing talent last year. Yeah. They were still able to stay afloat. Yeah, but again, it's it's that was under McMillan. I mean, who knows what the new stuff coming in? But I would assume a a next Raptors coach would be just as. Yeah. defensively and you know every sure. every other aspect um yeah and i mean obviously victor oladipo miles turner those are guys who have been you know king's fans have had fun with you know putting together trade machine deals and who says no for you know those guys to come here and all of that but victor oladipo is one of those guys and remember when a player asks for a trade like victor oladipo with the year left it's done so he can get to a potential new destination and sign a better you know to, to yes. sign the extension like it's always what what we know teams <laughs> what's that here's my list of teams <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah because what it boils down to is i'm not signing an extension with you next year and if you trade me anywhere if you trade me to sacramento i'm not signing an extension there so here's where i want to go here's where i'm most likely to sign an extension at and then you kind of you kind of work from right. there it's all right. it's all a money yeah. game and you're usually not going to get a taker unless somebody feels they're 
if if they're okay with losing him after a year, if they feel that they're one piece away and that would be your piece to, to make some sort of run. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, okay, you lost him for the year, but you made you made a run at it. Do you think Buddy is on the roster next season? I do, personally. You do? Okay. Um, I, I don't see if I'll put it this way. If, if Vladi was still here, no. Okay. I, I think there was too, too much between too the negotiations sure. and then what happened during the season. Um, but with new management, I'm not convinced that they don't say that's, that's nice, but this is, I value what, what your pieces that you have. And I think you're that elite, elite talent. And I think that, how, you know, with Gentry and how McNair works with the coaching staff, I think that I can make this work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to do it. I mean, uh, unless it's a you can't say no deal. I mean, obviously sure, sure. that's of always course. out there. Um, but I don't, obviously I don't see it for anything less than that j- just because he's, unhappy he hasn't even played in the first year of his extension was so Um, wild when you look at when you look at contracts particularly on like spot track when you look at at at, at contracts and and you're trying to figure out you know it's in in the nba it's just dollars like it's just it's just straight dollars you don't really have to there's no cap hit there's no dead cap there's not all of this other stuff and guarantees buddies is the first contract that i've ever pulled up where it says estimate <laughs> like, it's like we're not quite sure what buddy's gonna make here's his base salary where it goes from 24 million down to 18 million in the final year of his contract before he's a restricted free agent and then he's has these you know incentives and all of those sorts of different things and we know all about the the likely and unlikely incentives and all of that different stuff that came about of that contract but um at four years, ninety-four million. I still think he got a pretty good deal for who and what he is. Right, and just like how you know you see it out there. Oh, I don't think that Bogey and Buddy can coexist or whatever. It's the same way. I I have a hard time believing the Kings won't match anything because you're not going to just give up a yeah. talent because your your salary cap's gonna gonna be high for a bad team. Like he, these are legit assets. And when you have a guy who's taken over that all he talks about is having the assets so that when that perfect player becomes available, whether I can utilize these assets to win or when someone becomes available and I now have a bogey, a buddy and these pieces and, you know, first to trade to get somebody, that's what you're going to do. I mean, that's how they built Houston was was keeping the quality assets they had. Yes, they made it work on the court, but they also used every asset they had to get assets back. So every point that you made is valid. My only concern was it was almost a throwaway line at the beginning of what you just said. The expense of this backcourt on a losing team would really be extraordinary, especially if one is a starter and one is a bench guy. I mean, we're talking... 24 but I'm not convinced they wouldn't necessarily be playing together for a lot of pieces base if you're going to look at how they played in Houston and you're going to surround Fox with shooters if he views that as 
the best analytical way to do it. I won't be surprised if you don't see more of, of those players on the court together. Okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And again, it's, it, we've got to point saw this. with Dave towards the end, you know what I mean? When they were playing fast and going and it's, it, it, you can play small that way. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new regime that has new ideas. And while it's not a new coaching staff, it is a front office that in, you know, the kind of little that we've learned about them is, or from you, the lot that we've learned about them is that they're very active with the coaching staffs that are on that, that are on their team. And, and not even just the head coach, but the assist, everybody around them, they, yeah. It's, I mean, you're coming from Houston, who was one of the few places where they, they handpicked the coaching staff. It was not, you know, Mike picking his staff, according to Houston media. Um, How about Daryl Morey stepping down this week? Talk about stories that you didn't really see coming. During the coaching search, right? Yeah. Yeah, that which brought up like so many more questions. It was like, and, and I guess he's still there. Like he's going to see it through like I, I guess that was the gist but yeah it's sure because I thought when that there was a tweet that went out I think it was I, I think it was from Woj I can't remember who it was from but it went out kind of later in the evening and said hey um Jeff Van Gundy just wrapped up his interview with you know he'll, he'll meet with them again tomorrow about the 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 organization's open position and I thought oh that's that's their guy like it's, it's the doc rivers thing. Like we got the same tweet about doc rivers when he got to Philadelphia. Oh, he'll meet more with them tomorrow. My thought was he's going to meet with them tomorrow. The announcement will come. Jeff Van Gundy is going to be the Houston Rockets coach. And that was the same day that the, the Daryl Morey thing came out and it was like, okay, Morey didn't want Van Gundy as the head coach. And now here we are. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, obviously this is our first time talking about it. So it's a little less than a week later. It's a handful of days later and they still don't have a coach. <laughs> like Stan Van got a job before Jeff did. Right. And I thought it was interesting who they decided to promote to GM. I figured it would be Eli Wotus, but it was, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my was head. Was it Raphael something? But that. he had just, he had helped another business side like there for a long time, but it just moved over to the basketball side, like within the last year, two years. Um, so he obviously he made a really good impression uh, um, impression mm-hmm. um, with ownership, but I did think that was an interesting piece in that they were promoting. Um, yes, the guy had been there, but not on the basketball side. So now Houston is 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 still open with Stan Van Gundy taking the job in New Orleans, and that was a. A hot debate. It 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 kind of did. I don't. I'm willing to look past Detroit. Like I'm willing to look past his four years at Detroit because I don't like. I don't like. It didn't work for Tibbs. It didn't work for. It, I mean. I mean. They took Doc's responsibilities later. The dual role of GM slash or whatever yes. title you want to give him slash coach. It, 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 it doesn't work anymore. That's why it doesn't exist. I think Tibbs right. was the last one. And that's what, that's what Stan Van was in Detroit. And it just, it wasn't working. You look at Gundy, Stan Van Gundy's five years in Orlando. Dude, they were good. He's a good X's and O's guy. 
And if that's all you're going to have them for, then, then I get it. I'm not mad at this hire. Like I'm, I mean, there are, there are people who I, you know, I'm curious who fills these, the, the, the Houston job and the Oklahoma city job, but I'm not, I'm not terribly down on Stan Van. It's his third job. He didn't exactly lose his job in Miami. I think he was kind of nudged aside for, for that championship year. And then he got the gig in Orlando famously. I think he signed his contract about a mile from here at the Kinko's in Natomas. And then will forever be infamous. Like I will never see the guy not think of Kinko's. Yeah, for sure. Like a hundred percent is like, I don't hold any grudges towards him. Like I, like I, I get it. I, I, I was excited for Stan Van Gundy to be here, but Same. um, we all were. And then it was like, wait, what? That was that, that might have actually been the beginning of the true end. When Stan Van Gundy spurned us, it was like, Oh, Oh hell. Like everything, the meeting and then ran right to Kinko's. (laughs) Like, I don't know how Kinko's was like, nah, fam, fax machine don't work. Like it's broken. You got to go somewhere else. Coordinate with everyone across the, across the city. Like, nah, it it doesn't work. I think he flew like commercial home. Like it took a United or American airlines flight back, you know, uh, over to Orlando or something. Um, but you know, all that aside, he did it. I thought he did a really, really good job there. They went to the finals that year against the Lakers. You know, they beat LeBron and the Cavs in the conference finals. Like he, I, I, I always respected him as a coach. I know Detroit didn't work out, but I, I don't mind that retread. Um, but again, I'm curious who lands Houston in, uh, who lands Houston in Oklahoma city. Yeah. And I am a little bit more, um, it's, it's, it's still kind of sad that you every year we see, hear these same names of these young assistants that we think are going to get yeah. their shot and it never happens. And you know what's um, funny? Some of them aren't young. But it reminds me of the years of how long, I mean, that look at Elston Turner for, yep. e- like, I yep. mean, are all of these guys going to be that? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, Sam Cassell comes to mind. Um, I, I heard like there was a, something floating that like Mike D'Antoni might join Steve Nash in Brooklyn. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's like, that. that's, that's a good point. And that's interesting, which is why I said, I'm, I'm curious to see who gets these last two available jobs, because if one is like Jeff Van Gundy, it's like, all right, okay. Like, all right. And then we'll yeah. see who the other one is because, that would have, you know, Bjorkton would be, you know, he's the head coach of Indiana, but for Los Angeles, Philadelphia, they would all be previous head coaches like Ty Lue, Doc. Um, I guess Steve Nash would be a new head coach. Billy Donovan took the Chicago job. So the, it, there, there would only be like maybe a couple, two, depending on what happens, guys getting their first yeah. opportunities co- I mean, as coaches. It, it could be good for the Kings if truly this is a, you know, depending on what happens with this year, you know, with Walton and anything else, um, if, if they're going to write out that contract or, um, they're not writing out that contract, um, but but that leaves a lot of names available for next year. If that's, if that's the case, I still think it's crazy that every, I mean, I get it. Every coach gets like four or five years, but it's still crazy to me because we never, it's, you have a handful of those coaches all getting those deals that ever actually make it 
(laughs) to that fourth or fifth year, it seems like. Um, And I think Doc got five. I think yeah, Doc there, got five. I think those that were signed were four and five. This Ty Lu, I think, was four. Which what was the one today? Who Stan Van? Stan Van Gundy was four, um, and that was the whole thing with Ty Lu and the Lakers. Uh, Vogel signed for three, and Ty Lu was like, "No, like no." And I wonder. I I I I, I don't yeah. think that he does, but I wonder if he regrets it. Like I wonder if he regrets not taking the Lakers' job. I don't. I personally don't think that he does, but. Yeah. Like Vogel, you know, the, the, every other I Vogel's the only one I know who signed a three-year deal. Like, I can't remember seeing a head coach signing a three-year deal. And so he yeah. took it and, yeah. you know, it, it worked, you know, they won a championship out of it. So, and I think that's exactly why he took it. I, I sure. No, I mean, it's, it's LeBron and then you're going to be getting AD like, and, and I, and I think there were probably like starting, there were going to be some questions about Frank Vogel had he, you know, not taken this job. I don't know that he would have gotten another opportunity had he not kind of swooped in there after Ty Lue turned, turned, turned the three years down and gotten this job. Yeah, you weren't really hearing his name. His and name where was there. he? Wasn't he Orlando last? And it was, it was bad. Like it wasn't good. I believe so. Yeah. And then, um, God, who was uh, Clifford? I mean, then Clifford went there and that dude, no matter where he goes, his team ends up in like a, a top five, six defensively. Like no, yeah. no matter the talent on his team, he didn't Charlotte did it in the first two years at Orlando. But I mean, that's, I mean, but that to me, that's how good of a coach that guy is. And he doesn't get enough credit in that, that, I mean, you see these other guys that I don't even want to say they need the superstars, but it's like, Clifford took over the same roster and look what he was able to do with it. Whether that was guys buying in it, it just meshed, you know, well, I don't know. Um, But it is crazy when you can see certain coaches like that, no matter where they go, they get that same piece, no matter the, the talent, you know, um, that's size on the the roster. That's the, that's the epitome of what a great coach is. Yeah. Like that's someone who's coaching. Like there's coaching and there's managing. Right. And he's not a flashy name. Like you, he's not a flashy name. You'd have to, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even realize that he's done that, you know, everywhere yeah. that he's gone. Steve, oh yeah. Um, which, which begs the question, how did Jordan let him go? Like, and I know, I know they weren't great, but they've never been great. Like at least you had, you had something and you had a competent coach. They're like, how did you let him go? Yeah. We don't talk enough about how bad Jordan is in his current position. <laughs> like I, I know he's the greatest of all. I know I get it, all of that stuff. He is really bad at his current job. Only slightly better than when he was like a general manager or whatever he was in Washington. Yeah. It's, Marge, marginally better. His his post career has not gone <laughs> the way. Yeah. I mean, everything off the court still works for him brand wise, but the Larry Birds are really rare. The great player who goes to the to the front office of the coach, and I think he did or both. Jerry West, yeah, yeah did, those yeah, guys are. Sure. But and that's the thing is, you see so many guys try and recreate those, and it doesn't. Magic has tried multiple times, and it hasn't worked. Isaiah didn't work. The um, best tried it in his advisor to get. I mean, everyone and he and he tried to get Bird too. Like it's, yeah. you know. Um, you know what Jordan's I, I really good at? 
he's really good at gambling. Uh, if you watched the last dance, you probably picked up on that. And you know where I'm going here. I'm going to my bookie. The World Series is going on. NFL is approaching its midseason point. So whatever you like to bet on, use my bookie. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Use the promo code HoopBall. They'll match your deposit 100%. Again, use the promo code HoopBall. And uh, for all of your extracurricular activities there, my bookie is the place to go. And as I said, the terms are simple. You bet. You win, they pay. That was a good segue there from Jordan to the gambling read. I'm proud of myself. I'm going to put this on an air check and send it to Brewski. And so Brewski could be proud of us for what we're doing here on the Hoopball Podcast. Oh, while we're here, uh, subscribe. I know I know you've already subscribed. You're here. But if you haven't rated the show yet, please do that. It takes it. You could do it right now while we're talking. Just go to Apple Podcast, hit the hit the fifth star because, I mean, come on, man. We're talking basketball. You love this. Hit the fifth star if you've got a couple of seconds to write a review. Uh, that would be great. I think this show is, uh, in, in judging by the way this show is downloading, it, it has just been so much fun with Jill here, and I'm so thankful that Jill's here. And I'm so thankful that all of you are here. And Thank you for listening. Is there anything else? Like, I, I know we're kind of just treading water until that, you know, we're, we're the trade machine is the stupidest thing ever created. The second stupidest thing ever created was the stupid Bill Simmons tweet that says, who says no? If you tag your tweet with who says no, I immediately hate you. <laughs> and But that's kind of where we are. It's like we're stuck because nothing yeah. can happen. That's and, all King's Twitter was today was, I think it was a Mavs fan putting out a deal between yeah. Minnesota and us and who says no. And it, and just, it was awful. And it started, I know. Like, you did... Bagley's a non-starter. Like there's, there's no trading Marvin Bagley. St- stop that. Like you, you want to trade buddy. Fine. You don't want to resign bogey. Fine. Whatever else you want to do with the roster. Fine. Bagley is a non-starter as is De'Aaron for now. I think I'm confident De'Aaron's a, a non-starter, but Bagley, you that's, that's absurd. I don't see how you do that. You no. can't do either one of them. No, either one of them. We appreciate you all listening. Uh, follow Jill on Twitter at Jill Adge. Follow me if you'd like to at Damian Barling. Uh, if you, um, we, the, the deadline to register to vote in the state of California has already passed. So if you're voting, uh, you got to vote in person, but please make your plans to be out at the polls on November 3rd. Vote like your life depends on it. And we'll be back next week. And I, I don't know, this suspension is going to end sometime. And all of these scenarios that all these different fan bases and podcasts and blogs and Kings Herald and, Pistons Herald or whatever else they're called. All of these situations, they're going to start happening. They're just yep. they're not happening yet. And I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll actually start getting some legit draft talk as in they're, they're trying to come up with these, you know, workouts with teams and players. And I think we'll, Oh my gosh, Gracie. That's it. Gracie. Great. <laughs> when Gracie gets the toy, it's time to go. Like I'm trying to respect I'm she's trying getting, to respect the door little rattle thing too, like letting me know that she wants. Do you like, and you don't have to say it, this, this could be a tease. This could be a seven day tease. Do you have like an idea right now? No trading, no nothing. Who you like, do you have like, like you had a front office list? Do you have a list of potential Kings draft picks? Oh yeah. Of course you do. All right. All right. All right, Gracie, yeah. we're done. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs> Again, she's at Jill Edge. I'm at Damian Barling. We appreciate you so much for being with us. We'll see you here next time on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network.